Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 18 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley from HOScaleCustoms.com. Before we get this week's episode started, we wanted to give a quick shout out to Chris Hoffman, our brand new patron on Patreon.com. He um, He's our newest patron, so you'll be receiving your uh, your sticker in the mail shortly from HO Scale Customs, and as well as whatever else came with your uh, your patron level. We will be contacting you shortly to get that all situated and straightened out with you. So thank you again. We are very, very happy that we have a few patrons now, and if you aren't a patron yet, get on there, check out the different levels of patronage, and become a part of our show. Thanks again, Chris, and we are going to jump into this week's episode, which was an interview with Doug Fiscali uh, from FOS Scale Models. Uh, I do want to apologize in advance. The interview somehow picked up a little bit of cell phone interference, and... Well, it picked up some cell phone interference. So I did my very best to try to make the episode sound as good as we can. We're, we're heartbroken that it picked up this this interference. And um, just the way we were, I think we recorded it this time, uh, this interview just picked up that buzzy sound every couple minutes. So I hope you guys can bear with it. I did my very best to, to edit it out. And don't hate us because there's a little bit of, a buzz every couple minutes when we were talking to Doug, but Doug has a lot of great stuff to talk about. He's, he's probably, you know, we were very excited to get him on the show. So get ready. Here we go. We're going to be talking to Doug. Just please try to ignore the self interference. We did our very best to correct it. Um, we're going to try to have Doug on the show again in the future. And we promise in the, in the next, our next interview, we will, we will do the very best we can to avoid this sound. So just bear with us this episode. But thanks, guys. And thank you again for becoming a very new patron, Chris. All right, now here's Doug. Okay, and now we have Doug Foscali on the phone. And he is going to you know, give us a little bit of a look into the history of how he got to be where he is and his kind of you know, emergence into the model railroading world and fine scale modeling world um, and a little bit about what he's going on over in his world. So I know we're very excited to talk to you and we I thank you for coming on to our show. Um, so how have you been? How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a little while. I think we saw you at the fine scale modelers expo in Altoona briefly and I know my dad some yeah. of, did some of the courses with you. Uh, so it's been a little while since we saw you but it's good to have you on the phone. Oh, thanks for having me. I, we're, I'm really enjoying your website too. You guys are putting out a lot of great stuff and blogs, and, and uh, I think all of this gets people excited about modeling the more they see. So thank you. Definitely, thanks. Thanks. We we really enjoy it. So so now we got you on here with your with, you know FOS Scale Models uh, is your company, and and we're going to get into that a little bit. But um, let's let's learn a little bit about about Doug, and uh, you know. Where where you got started in model railroading? At what, I mean, at what age or or you know, what, you know that kind of thing. Okay, um, well, I probably started you know way back when I was five or six or seven. Um, I think my first exposure to trains, uh, not modeling, but trains was you know a, a family vacation to Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, right down the street from us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and of course they had trains which were great but they also had uh, I forget the name of the place next to the hobby shop they had a display layout with lots of animation uh, the choo choo bar um, choo choo bar right exactly yeah. yeah so you know seeing things like that were, uh, were you know I, I just I just for some reason wanted to make something in miniature even way back when um, and then it was just a matter of you know finding the skills which didn't happen so much later but there were lots of uh, you know attempts at the uh, modeling with, you know, the grass mat on plywood and all that junk, um, but uh, it wasn't until probably I started following George Selios' kits in the mid-90s, um, where, you know, something that appealed to me that was because the quality was so good, I mean, they looked like movie sets. Right. Uh, so I just, I don't know, it, it, was, it, was, it was so easy to get drawn into it because of all the detail and what kind of buildings he was doing they were different than the plastic kits that I've been doing my you know earlier life with like Tyco kits and stuff which were uh, fun to snap together but for realism um, and it's also because I I do enjoy movies a lot and a lot of what I do now and have done is uh, influenced by movie set design um, and George's kits were the first kits that really kind of took that that look on you know the worn and weathered uh, uh, buildings and stuff so um, I started uh, building dioramas for fun, you know, based on what I saw George doing and then picking up the magazines and stuff. And what happened was I, I would build the dioramas and I decided to sell them on eBay just for some extra money and some fun. Uh, then I realized I actually hated every time I <laughs> sold one because, you know, you put all this work in it. It breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's nice that someone liked it, but then it's gone. You have to ship it and it's gone. So, uh, of course, again, you know, making it into a kit made sense. I could keep the model, but, you know, make some money uh, on the side doing it. So that's how it started. That's that's awesome. You covered a lot of my questions because the next one was going to be where does a passion begin and and who are the biggest influences. It's kind of funny you mentioned that George, um, when I was... Uh, when I got into model rendering 30 years ago or so, uh, before Brett was right before Brett was born, um, uh, George was uh, I picked up a book. I guess it was made by Kalmbach, and uh, it had all his. It was just nothing but photos of the Franklin and South Manchester, and he was definitely an inspiration. That book was just filled with photos from that, and I was like, oh, this is this is great. I, I want to try and make my stuff like this. So I think he's had a huge influence on a lot of people, and that's that's oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that, that, that book, um, I had that book as well, you know, uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago whenever it came out. And I took it with me so often. I had a, Before I did this, I had another job for about 10 years where I traveled a lot. And I took that book everywhere. And it came to the point where I had to restaple it. <laughs> I and finally, I, I brought it to see George one day at one of his open houses. And he's like, oh, my God, let me give you another book. You know? so, I kept the other one anyway, just to have it, uh, you know, as a nice memento, but... You know, I thought I, I thought I lost mine, and I did. I actually lost it huh. over the years. And then when we got started back up to it last year, my wife ordered one for me. So now I have another brand new sh- new copy. <laughs> it's probably better because it was dog-eared and worn out. And so yeah, and it's a heck of a as a as a first thing to to, to chew off and to start mm-hmm. you know emulating in your models. That's a big. It's a pretty big undertaking, so it's it's it, we. That's what we jumped right into once we saw those kinds of things that we knew right away that that's what we wanted to we do want too. To so too. Yeah. it's the yeah. you, you know you just go in head first, just dive in. So 
So as a, you know, where, at one point at that, at, from there, did you decide you wanted to start, you know, manufacturing or making and selling your own kits? Um, well, was a, couple, a couple of things were happening you know, at the time I started making the kits. Um, first of all, I was at this other job for about 10 years, and I did um, product development and a showroom design for a wholesale giftware company, which is a company that basically sells uh, picture frames, candlesticks, soap, all, the, all this kind of junk. Um, and it wasn't anything I was really interested in, but it was a job, and I, was, I, I did well at it. Um, but I hated it too. So, you know, I, towards the end, I was designing things like, um, uh, Panda cell phone holders and, you know, just little tchotchkes and all this kind of junk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, it was unsatisfying. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was a job. And, right. you know, um, and then around, uh, September 11th happened. Um, and I was, you know, even more fed up with the job and it just kind of made you, it was one of those times when it has it's probably happened to a lot of people at the time where like, you know, you know, life is more than this kind of thing. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I, you know, one of the things that pushed me, um, mm. it's just, I want to work for myself. I want to make my own rules. I want to do the things I enjoy because life is too short and all that. Um, and that was kind of it. So then you know, about maybe six or seven months later, that's when I started the first kid and it went from there. That's awesome. I I got somebody else sitting next to me here, Brett, Brett that sometimes feels the same way. Like at some point, he wants to work for himself, and yep, that's, that's, day, that's his big goal. And, and I'm goal. Glad, glad to hear. It. So, but um, now when you first when you did defer, when what was your first kit? Can you describe you know what you started out with? Um, my first kit was Fox that I made. Yeah, uh, it was a Big Blue's grill. Um, it was a tiny hot dog stand. Um, you know, it was probably about two inches by three inches wide in, in, in an HF scale. Um, I didn't have a lot of detail. I didn't, I didn't do my own laser cutting or my own casting, so I had to farm everything out. Oh, wow. Um, but, but um, you know, I took out an ad magazine. I didn't know any of the other kit manufacturers. I didn't know the train show people. I mean, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> so I was just kind of doing it in a vacuum. And it, well, that's you know, a big jump. Yeah, well, and it, yeah, and it's difficult because there's no, you know, even today, there's, there's no manual to be a kit manufacturer, you know. Right. Um, you really, it's a, there's a lot of trial and error. Um, and other manufacturers sometimes keep secrets to themselves and techniques, which I understand completely, but, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's hard to get information in the beginning. Um, right. You know, so you just kind of make, make it up as you go along and, and figure it out. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah, especially, you know, like I said, if you don't have the contacts, you didn't know everybody, so you're not really, you know, learning from them. And, um uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's definitely definitely tough. Is that where the inspiration came from when you re-released? I guess you had that free kit with the hot dog. With the hot dog, was yeah, that? That's, uh, yeah, it's a smaller version of that kit. It had another uh, addition on it and the billboard and stuff. Hmm. Well, we had a lot of fun making that. One. That's a yeah, that's a fun little kit. And you do you do a great job with it. I love the the fact that you know you're one of the few kit kit manufacturers, if any, uh, that I know of. It actually offers uh you know a, a free kit if you order so much and you know do that usually it seems to happen around black friday weekend and and you know that's awesome we jump on that and i think you do it again later in the year and and, and i love to see love to see that you have all kinds of promotional type things and we're gonna get to that in a little bit here but um so how many kits overall you probably have a number in your head that uh that you've built <laughs> 
um, built and released as for sale, basically. Um, probably a hundred, I guess. Wow, that's a lot. But that's that, a lot. That's, that's, that's uh, you know, it's almost over sixteen years now. So, and um, you know, we do the the one big limited run kit every year, mm-hmm. and then you know, we add to the standard line. Uh, However many we can during the year, it could be four, it could be seven, you know, depends. Right, right. So we just, we just keep adding. It's a lot of work. It is. It is, and I guess it is. It is a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, gee, I talk to a lot of people like, oh, I want to meet some kids and I want to do this. And I, I always say, yes, try it. Um, you know, I did, they're not always successful. Some people have stuck with it, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's such a small market. Um, you know, we're not making iPhones, you know. It's, right. You know, a couple thousand people that we're talking about, not tens of thousands or millions, you know. So you really, uh, you really have to be sure about, you know, the design. Because if you, you release it and it flops, you know. Right. <laughs> That's the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small niche, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> you make them mad, they're not coming back. Right, it's a niche in a niche, I think. You know, yeah. like a model routing as a whole itself. But this smaller group that does the fine scale kits... Uh, or the wood kits and the laser cut kits is an even smaller group than that. So it's, 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 it can be difficult. Yeah. And I said, I, you, you've retired a bunch of them, and I, I, I'm guessing. And then uh, you've, you've uh, over over time, and then you recently re-released uh, one of them. I'm sure that's, that's a Decker's tar soup that I was going to get into later here. But, um, yeah. And now you have your... Since we're on that, uh, you have your limited edition ones that you were mentioning. On those limited edition models, um, it, uh, do you plan to ever re-release any of them, or is, or is the idea that is, you know, there's this many, that's it, your one chance, you get it, and that's it, it's done. Is that kind of like that? Uh, the, yeah, kind of. Well, the, the, the bigger kits as a whole, you know, the, most of them come with uh, five or six or seven buildings. Right. Um, I, I, I don't plan on releasing the entire thing again, but I, I'm, I'm just, you know, taking one building from each or so. Oh, that's cool. You know, like on, on, on um, was Oyster Hill, there's one little freight dock called Burdick Freight, and it's just a tiny freight dock. So I just pulled that out of there. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just because not everyone can get the whole kit, so maybe we can make a piece of it. That's cool. Um, but... Yeah, and Decker's in particular was when we did the smaller limited run kits, so I, I, don't, I don't treat it as the same as the super kits. So, uh, and that was one of those kits that everyone kept asking, are you going to make that one again? Are you going to make that one again? And usually I would say no, but in this case, I was like, yeah, sure. There's a large enough demand for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 10 years had gone by, so it's been a while. Yeah. And, and you see them on your site. You see them on your, we see them on your site as a, as a customer. We, we pull it up and we look at it and we're going, oh, that looks so sweet. Look at this. Look at that. It's, it's good size. It's a great, it's a great price. And then, but it's sold out. It's, it's like a giant tease for us. <laughs> Man, if I, I wish I'd have gotten back into this sooner, you know, because I'd have jumped on it. But, you know, yeah. you just wait your time until the next one comes out, you know? But Yeah, I mean, there's plenty to build and... You know, Lord knows, me and myself, we all have a closet full of kids we can't possibly keep up with. Yeah. Funny to choose from. Um, yeah, every time I go to the craft store, I'm buying new new things that I could try for, you know, my modeling uh, techniques and things like that, things I want to, mediums I want to t- test out. And uh, yeah. in the process, I've got all these little projects that I've built up 
piles of stuff where it's not just kits. It's like a bit of everything, and it's just it's it's almost out of control. Um, yeah, I yeah I've uh, yeah I got a Michael's Ox Plaster and. I think I've tried every kind of clear gel gloss medium. <laughs> we have a few of them in the basement. Yeah, we've, we've got several yeah. different kinds. <laughs> like, oh, this one's got glass beads in it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried that one. That's, that would uh, that would look a little scary, actually. Good one. It gives it gives the waves a little sparkle at the top. Huh. You know, oh wow! Water. Cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I noticed about you know about your. Uh, your your website. We'll get on that real quick. Is the one of the things you do really well with our kits? Besides the kits, we're gonna to get to that too. Is your marketing? I mean, the way you put them out, you get people pumped up to do the kit. Because when I get order a kit in the mail, what comes is a you know is the box. And on the box is your own specialized tape that has it on. So when I get it in the mailbox and I pull it out, and I'm like, oh, this is it. And it even has it on. He he has the he has it on his tape. I don't know if you ever had anybody ever mention that or not. Probably not. Maybe <laughs> who talks about You're tape? First. <laughs> okay. So you see that, but yeah, you know, you're saying, oh, this is it. I'm all pumped up. I'm gonna take it in. I want to open it up. Get to it. And then, um, then you open it up, and then inside it are postcards. And the, the, you have these postcards that have these really cool slogans and like the and, Uncle Sam one was a good one. <laughs> no, Uncle oh Sam no, that was, was, that, was that, I apologize. That was, a, that was some flock that was flocking thing. For, oh yeah, for, never mind. Yeah, for that, class. that was a different that was one. I just see it on your but billboard. That wasn't never mind. really that good. Doug's got these really cool small paragraphs. You do have the that are, you do oh, have the man. ones that inspire people to build it like your way yeah. like, there's no rules this <laughs> yeah. is your thing do it yeah, yeah do it however you want because this is your layout and it yeah it pumps you up it's, it's like a it's, it's like great what you do with that so it's like a christmas okay. morning when you're opening something up yeah because i get it and i was like yeah. oh reading these cards i want to just start building <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, well yeah i mean that, that's that's always when you talk to people at the show and modelers at the show they're always like oh, I haven't opened it yet I don't want to mess up the kit and stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and so one thing holding them back is just actually just starting it so mm-hmm. anything you can do to push them you know because once once you do it once you you know you do one little wall in a window you kind of make it look a little realistic right. that's all you need to, to, to keep going so right. any, any push is, is, is really important um, and you know as far as the marketing of the tape and things like that I think it actually goes all the way back to um, uh, Todd. I'm not sure how old you are, but I grew up with Star Wars toys. I'm fifty. I'm fifty three years old, so I'm well familiar with all that. <laughs> I'm, 40, I'm forty eight. So, but, so you're, yeah, uh, you do not look it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember they they gave away a free Boba Fett figure. I do not remember that. Well, I don't yeah, remember that part of it. <laughs> you send a proofs of purchase and you get this free action figure. Oh, wow. So I remember getting in the mail this box with the Kenner toy logo on the sticker. And I, I couldn't have been more excited. You know? So <laughs> I always think of that, you know, when sending out the kids, I, like, I hope people are, you know, it's a, they even open it. It adds to the experience. The whole experience of getting a, a kit from you is, you know, it just, that yeah. just makes it a complete thing then. Yeah, a lot of times there's a catalog yeah. in it. You put a full color catalog in it with us. You know, it, it, you know, not. I don't know if that came with every kit, but it came with a couple of them. Yeah, I looked through them. And yeah, I, I like them. And so, you know, half of them we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, but we're, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, you still look at it because you know, it's a, so you modeled it different than what we model it. So it's, it's great. Yeah. 
But, you know, that, that's awesome. And, and like I said, I think that printed material is great. I know it's not cheap. I know it's not cheap to make that stuff and, and put that in there. But it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely a plus. And I have several, several of them. I'm sure other modelers do. I have several of those postcards. And I put uh, thumbtack in and stick them on my bulletin board over my workbench. And it, I just glance up and see them. And, and just let you know that they're, you know, they're something that gets people inspired, I believe. So, but <laughs> the, uh, so now on your, on your, uh, your latest kits that you have out, uh, how about you tell us a little bit about them? We have, uh, um, I did mention it before we got on here, the, uh, Pendleton Marine and the Decker's Tar Soap. Uh, yeah, well, we, we, the Decker's of course is an older kit, um, uh, that's been re-released. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, they're, they're very similar in that they're, they're what I like the most about making these kits is that they're very asymmetrical. They've got different materials and different in and outs. And, um, you know, and I, I, I love playing with the roof lines and, you know, making them go up and down a lot. Really making a, a building look like it's got a life to it, like a history where, you know, it started out with this one box with this one pitched roof. Mm-hmm. And then they've added, they expanded, and, you know, and then they they added but they didn't have money so they just used some boards or whatever you know whatever it, it gives it a story um and you know it's, of course if you look at the real thing if you look at reference photos from the 50s 40s and then even further back uh, you know you, you will find a lot of buildings like this and those those are the most interesting to me yeah and they pop i mean the roof lines the roof lines i was just going to mention that is there's a there's a multitude of you know different roof lines on both of those kids actually, and yeah. um, they're and they what they take a three by nine foot uh, three by nine uh, footprint you know, three by nine inch yeah. footprint, and and it's really it's really nice because it it fits and just like a lot of your kids do that too, and that's why I like them. Um, they fit and just they don't overwhelm your layout. You know, you can find a pocket to fit them on and everything else, and you know, and you can. It's easy to place a three by nine. It looks big when you're looking when you're looking at the photo of it, but you're thinking about a three nine by nine, and it's really not that big, and it's not that wide. And um, uh, it's it's what I say a lot of bang or pop in a small package, you know. So yeah, yeah. And again, you know, a lot of a lot of models don't have all the space in the world, so it's mm-hmm. great to be able to fit in. You know, okay, I found another little spot, another little uh, lot I can build on. So, um, if you build them small and narrow, that helps a lot. Now, the, the Pendleton Marine looks like it's a, a bunch of structures all together. Well, I think actually they both do. Or is it, uh, or is it additionals that have been put on? It's, it's one big wall, that, that long wall that a sign has. Right. Um, so, it's, it's, it, it is one structure, but I, you, you know, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could break it up into two. That's true. I guess you could do that. And, and play around with it, but... Your models are so well designed, and and the walls match up well, and and uh, you know everything's crisp and clean. And when you when you model, um, yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, do you, do you base any of your designs on prototype structures? Um, I generally I haven't. I mean, there might be one or two buildings that I copied outright from a, an old photograph, but mm-hmm. basically I like taking pieces and kind of doing a Frankenstein kind of thing where you take this roof that, <laughs> that loading dock and just, you know, make the pieces I like. Because that's the fun part is designing it. You, you actually just fooled me on the Pendleton. I While we were talking, I pulled it up on the website. 
uh, on your website, and you have a fo- <laughs> you have a photo of like two guys. One guy looks like he's smoking a cigarette. The other guy's talking to him. And you have your yeah, you have your building in the background. And first, I thought as soon as my dad said, "Do you do these off of a photo match?" I'm like, "Look at that! That's a photo." And then I'm like, "Oh no, you know what? Nah, he just did a Photoshop, good Photoshop on it because you fooled me for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I enjoyed doing the, putting the, the old guys in there. Just we we love it. Look like it might have been. Yeah, we've done some uh, some scratch built as well, and. And uh, we kind of just, they turned out nice, but we just kind of wing them. And uh, I don't really care about prototype myself. I know there are a lot of modelers that do, and I know it's important to some. Uh, but, you know, we just, yeah. you know, and I, I'll base it off of maybe something I've seen. But I think it's fun that the few, the couple scratch builds I did recently, it's fun to sit there and just look at, <laughs> it sounds silly, but you just look at the board, like look at the piece of wood you have, and... Yeah. You just like you. I don't know if, if you can do it. I, I just look at it and start to imagine what I can cut out from even a, a rectangular piece of wood to just make it look the way it ends up looking. It's it's. I don't know how I do it. I just my my brain just can see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean you just you just. It, I mean, all design and like any kind of art, it's all about making decisions. Like the deciding part is right. the hard part. But once you do that, you're you, know, you kind of free yourself of just. making some O-scale stuff as well, correct? Uh, yeah, we have a few O-scale kits. Yep. And, and that's something new or more recent that you've gotten into the O-scale or you haven't done much of that in the past? Or Yeah, I've done maybe one a year for the last three or four years. Oh, okay. um, so it's not a lot. Uh, again, it's a smaller market so I don't want to, I don't put too much time into it. Right, um, yeah. But, but as my model railroading as a hobby has kind of disappeared for me just because there's no time for like a layout. Right. Right. So the O-scale modeling was something new and different and the whole other kind of modeling to me. That was so that was going to be my next question. My next question was going to be, do you do any of these things for yourself? <laughs> like you said, there's no time for it. Uh, but you do know, you? Every time I've started something, I'm like, yeah, I can make this little kit. So I, it's hard for me to, because it's, it's so time-consuming to right. lay out, you know. Right. Um to, to this day, my favorite my favorite layout I ever started and built was in my when I was living in Brooklyn in a one bedroom apartment. It was a shelf and it was four feet long and twelve inches deep. You know, board. <laughs> but I, as a commitment, I could actually finish it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, to do to do like a basement thing now would just would just you know I, I couldn't even begin to imagine when I would have the time to even draw it up, let alone work on it. So, um, <laughs> and we're kind of the opposite have, on that. Um, I said we're kind of the opposite on that is we thought about maybe at some point making some kits not a chance in hell we are not ever doing that (laughs) no way it's I don't want to fool with it because I don't want to ruin my time doing the do it thank god there are people out there like you I mean we we like doing this we like passing on information to the to the modelers this takes up enough time as it is too this is really time consuming for us and but we love doing it. We love sharing it. And then our, our mistakes and failures, you know, is what we like to share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the only thing I've been able to do finally this year, we're building a, a display layout for the expo, mm-hmm. 30 shelf layout. So um, me and I think two or three other guys that work on the expo are going to build 
six foot by 12 inch sections. So they're, you know, it's essentially the shelf layout again for me, but I can actually probably finish it before the show, you know. Oh, that's, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I will be there. Low scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, should, it should be neat. So we'll have a few sections in November done, hopefully. Well, that's awesome. Very cool. Now you have, yeah. you, uh, you have a, a, a good part in that show. You're, you're part of the organizing of that as well. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of came up with the show about uh, 11 years ago now. Wow. Wow, 11 years. And, yeah, you know, I've been going to shows in you know, high school gyms and, and other places where, you know, the week before they had, you know, the cows in there, the flies are still there, and, you know, it's all <laughs> concrete and dirty bathrooms and stuff. And the kind of modeling that I wanted to do or showcase and, and what I wanted other guys to be doing, you know, just seem like it should at least be on carpet, you know, <laughs> in a nice place. Because uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, a lot of it is very much uh, works of art. So they would get lost in these other shows. And that's why we, you know, came up with this show. Right. And, and this year will be in Albany, November 1st or yep. 3rd, right? And yes, so that's correct. That's awesome. I mean, uh, I, I recommend any of our listeners out there, once they hear this podcast, that uh, they need to go to the website and check that out. We'll just... Detail, uh, I'm sorry, Google Fine Skill Model Expo and go there and check it out. And it's it's really great, especially if you're a modeler that wants to learn more. Uh, there's clinics there. You guys do a great job with them. I sat through some of yours, and um, they were just, uh, you know, awesome. I mean, it doesn't matter what skill level you are. They are helpful, and uh, the show itself is, is amazing. And, then, of course, there is the um, – yeah, Brett was there too, and he can yep. account for that. The uh, the showroom, the contest, the contest yeah. room, and you look at the yeah. stuff, and you're just oh, you think you're good, and you go there, and you go, oh my god! <laughs> but then again, those guys probably look at that stuff, and you know they take their thing in, and they're thinking yeah. they can only see their mistakes because right. that's how that's how we were talk we were talking to uh, one of our guests the other week. Um, Jason, I'm sure you're familiar with Jason Jensen. Um, and he even said like, Oh no, when you look at your own stuff, you only see the stuff you don't want other people to see, uh, but everyone else sees it and they like, they love it. So, so yeah, I, I generally, as I'm working on a kit or whatever product, I hate it. 90% of the way through, <laughs> and I want to smash it to bits. And, but I've, I've done it so much now, I know that when I'm in the hate phase, that means I'm doing it okay. Right. So, you know, uh, I just got to get through it, and once you're done, you kind of step back and go, yeah, that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. Well, I, I got to tell you, as a modeler, that's that's where your two phase. You have... You're great. You make great kits, and you design them well, and you put out the most amazing instructions. Your instructions are awesome, and that's what makes your kits extra extra special. I mean, to me, um, okay. present read instructions. So sorry, I very I don't read them. Your free kits are your free kits are my favorite because they don't have any instructions. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, but yo, not not only that, you're you're not your, your kits aren't just only great. You model them great. I mean, you're you. I mean, of course, you build your display model. Of course, I guess you you build all your display models, and yeah, and uh, they're they're you look at them, and there's a reason why. Uh, outside the fact that they're awesome kits and they have great instruction and they're well, you know, they're well constructed, um, your lines are crisp and everything. And, and in your modeling, it's the same way, but plus you add that element of weathering that, you know, you've developed all those te techniques that you've 
done over the years, and you're able to put them to them, um, it, it, you're, you're an awesome modeler as well. And uh, whether or not you have a layout or not, the, uh, the question I have for you is, did you have some kind of art background on that? Or? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I went to art high school, um, and uh, even before that, I, I worked for an architect when I was a kid, um, probably when I was like 14 until I was 20, and then I, I actually did go for architecture in college, um, which I, about halfway through, I kind of decided I didn't want to do it. So I switched to graphic design and finished my degree in that, and then uh, you know went on to do uh, this product development job for uh, about a decade. Uh, so, and I've also done, uh, still do some oil painting on the side, photography when I can. Wow. Um, so I kind of do as much as you know. It's when when you have that kind of urge, it's hard not to. It's hard to not do it. It's got to mm -hmm. come out one way or another. So, right. You know, if I'm not building a model, I'll I'll, I'll start a painting or something or. That's and they great. all kind of inform each other. You know, I've learned a lot just from oil painting. Mm -hmm. um, and then consequently, I've been doing a lot of different weathering the last year or two. And that's helped my painting, you know, because all this layering and colors and what, what do you put on the bottom to get to the last layer? Mm -hmm. You know, um, they all kind of help each other. And, and you talk about layering a lot in uh, in your your videos and in, of course, your your um, blog posts. By the way, for you listeners, he has a great blog post. It's FOS Scale Models, FOS Scale Models dot blogspot dot com. And uh, it's a it, some of the, the how to's and stuff that are in there. Just really, really cool. But you have several in there about layering and we are all about layering as well. Uh, we agree with that. It's, it's it's really cool. I learned a lot from your blog post. Right, we will put a we'll put a, a link in our description for the week's podcast in yes to your blog on it and and the website and your actual website itself too. So, um, yeah, I mean the layering thing is kind of I mean once I realized that that was that worked, I mean it really unlocked a whole lot of different problems I would have with with weathering and stuff. You know, I, in the beginning I would paint my roof paper say just black and just dry brush it, but you know what's what in nature is dry brushing? What are you representing? You're kind of doing you're highlighting sunlight a little bit, but beyond that, there's so much more to, to say a roof than, than that. And mm -hmm. Once you realize it's this, you know, and I say this with uh, you know doing a, if I do a landscape a landscape a scenery a clinic, you know, don't have just three colors of ground salt. You've got to have ten, ten or fifteen different materials to, to even get close to what nature's doing. Right. And it's the same thing with, you know, if you're doing a wood wall or a brick wall, nature's kicked the crap out of this wall. And once you once you figure that out, it's not that difficult to make something look realistic. Yeah. Um, like I said, you, you've, you've done it. I've learned things from watching, you know, your video and, of course, your blogs. And then I know Brett has, and we watch that. Yep. When we went to the show, we got one of those videos in our bag, by the way. You guys get awesome. If you go to the show, listeners, there are some amazing... If you get registered early enough, you, you get some amazing, uh, you know, door prize type gifts when you go to the different places. But then, also, we got a video on your on your waterfront. We love waterfronts, by the way. Yeah, we've watched waterfronts. we've watched that video probably a dozen uh, times each now. Yeah, we learned you know so much, and there's so much there's so many different ways you can layer the stuff and. And uh, just from looking at your photos of your models, you can see, you know, the different uh, the different types of layering you do, and uh, it's you know it's, it's it's a different standard. 
no, no, I'm not knocking other people's kits, and I won't ever do that on the show. But I'm just saying, there's some way, whatever you're, whatever you, do, you know, do your photos and you model them, um, and we're looking at them to buy them. Uh, I'm looking at it going, wow, that's I, I, I want, I want to do that, you know. And not that the other kids don't, but you have a different. You have that style, and that's all because of that, I believe. Your artistic talent and your 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 layering. But uh, um, the um, um, one of the things I want to talk to you about some of your products. You got you you've been doing more HO skill, well, NO skill castings as well. Is there is that something new you're jumping into? I mean, you always had a couple, but. Now you have like a lot of, a lot, you're starting to gain more and more uh, HO skill castings. Is that something new? Um, well, we had we had a basic uh, group of castings, and when we did a lot of that, we had the uh, castings that are in the kit done done by uh, Crow River Products. Um, I don't know if you guys probably know from the show. They make great metal parts and mm-hmm. details and stuff and kits. But uh, we bought the manufacturing in our shop now, so we're doing more of it ourselves. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned that. You've been starting to do your own. Uh, now, I have a question on the casting since we're at it. Uh, of all the selection ones that you have, <laughs> there's a weird one on there. I was looking at your site today and just kind of going through and reviewing some of the things that we have so we can you know talk about those things. But um, uh, one of the one of the oddball things that I noticed, you had some great castings like, you know, your your duct work and, and vents for roofs and out of walls and such like that. What is the casting for the lockers? What I got one of them actually in one of my boxes, uh, one of the kits, I can't remember what kit I built and I got a locker and I didn't know what the hell to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they commonly used? I, I, I wanted to ask you that question. I've been thinking about it all afternoon at work. Um, I mean, it's just a small, like it's a, it's the tall narrow cabinet. I think. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a it looks like a school locker. Yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, they have those in machine shops. You know, sometimes they're red or yellow. They put gasoline in them. They put hazardous materials. Oh yeah, yeah. There. Okay, that makes yeah. sense now. You, you can. I'm not knocking it, Doug. I just, as you I can tell, just... we work in offices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was an oddball thing, you know. It was just one of those things. I was like, I mean, what? Throw some, throw this ad out of it. A little weird thing. I even wrote weird on this weird question. So, <laughs> sorry about that. We 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 like to have some laughs and stuff and make some humor here. But but um um on your um. I don't know how we are on time, but uh, we're at forty oh, we're about forty five minutes. Okay, here. good. Um, so your your works, you do some workshops as well. Is that is that how's that been going for you? I saw the one on your online said it was sold out, and I thought about going to one yeah. myself. It's, it's a long drive, but but I wouldn't mind going up for one myself at some point. Yeah, we usually do a two day. Uh, you know, we'll do Saturday. We'll do uh, build a structure, and then the next day we can do scenery. Um, some some guys who attend will do uh, both, or they'll do one. You know, if they, can, they can't make both, uh, but it's only uh, eight people, so everyone gets you know gets uh, a lot of attention to each of their their projects they're working on, and we try to you know build an entire structure and go through all the different techniques uh, to get there. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a fun weekend. It's a fun day. If you do it just in one day and, and you know, just past, uh, it was 
uh, April 14th and 15th we did it. Mm -hmm. um, we had eight guys each day, and uh, they, they actually were able to do the techniques. By the end of the day, they were like, oh, this isn't so hard. You know, and a lot of it is just, if you see it, you know, like when you guys watch the Waterfront video, if you see it before you, in front of your eyes, it kind of demystifies it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that's it? That's right. You know, it's it's not that difficult. It's just getting the knowledge and, and seeing it, you know, done in front of you makes such a difference. Because um, you can just look at it in a vacuum. Like when I started making kits myself, I didn't know anything, you know. You know, well, and, and you and you can you compare to what you're at right now, and you go, "Oh, I could never do that. That guy's a, that's amazing." You know, until you yeah. until you see it done, and then you go, "Oh, well, that's simple." Yeah, I mean, in, in uh, when we did the first Craftsman show uh, before it was the Expo, we called it the Craftsman Structure Show. It was in 2007, mm -hmm. and we were fortunate enough to have um, Dave Avella and Brian Nolan's uh, dioramas. Uh, Brian Nolan's no longer with us; he passed away uh, about seven years ago now. But they had all their dioramas there, and they were just, you've probably seen them in the magazines. Mm -hmm. They're good yeah. as modeling gets. I mean, this, this, this is the, these are the top quality, top modeling. Right. And all I could say to myself is, I, I'm nowhere. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> that's what I said then. And, I, and ever since then, I've been trying to get closer to that, that level of modeling because it's just it's so appealing to look at. Mm -hmm. You can't get enough of it. You just keep spinning the model around or looking at it, and it's just fantastic. And you see new things you know, every time you, you look at it. Yeah, and, you know, they have their show sharing all their techniques, and you're like, oh, that's it. And are like, yeah, you just do this, you just do that. And, you know, it's it. unfortunately, it does take a lifetime, like any skill, you know, if you're a musician or whatever. Right. Uh, we had a show on that last week. We talked about some of our blunders and failures, <laughs> and uh, you know, we talked about some of the some of the things we did when we first got back into this. And uh, after many years, you laugh at them. Oh, Once you look back word. at them, now we look back. But at them, you uh, learn. And then you know, in a year from now, I may laugh at what I'm doing now. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's or just want to change it. You look at it right. later and you go, uh, yeah, I could yeah. make that different. And, um, right. and to, for us, our our inspirations are 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 you. I mean, Dave Ferry and some of these other guys that are that are out there. Now I remember from years ago, uh, you know, Nolan and uh, from, you know, articles in Model Railroad magazine, that, that type of thing. When I was used to do it, but Brett is not familiar with a lot of those names. And I'm young and you know, so there's a new generation coming out, and I, I see I see it happening. Uh, it's starting to yeah it seems to grow, be actually growing a little bit. But yeah, that's our goal is to kind of yeah. aid that along. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, and I, so I, I you mentioned the diorama blitz kit earlier on when we started talking. Mm -hmm. um, I started looking at the military model list a couple of years ago. Yeah. My God, this stuff is blown away with mm -hmm. what the train guys are doing. Yep. You know, yep. and even if I could get some of those techniques into HO scale, because part of the fact is that it's a larger scale, it's 135th to 124th. Right. It's, it's, easier to do that stuff in the big scales but mm -hmm. even if you could do a little bit of it in ho that's all it's just it's just another push towards towards that realism um so i started using all those products and mixing that stuff up and you and i talked about yeah. that at the show actually i kind of cornered you at the show <laughs> and uh, in the hallway and talked to you about the the ak products and you were kind of discussing some of those ak products in your clinic and um and i know you handle them and sell them on your site and i have some of those i have actually a big pile of them now and um it, it's it's uh you know like you were saying it, it it's just 
you can use them for HSKL. You have to be able to learn to work with them and test them and find, because it's made for large, a lot of it's made for larger scale. And once you toy with it a little bit and practice on it, you can get the same products to work your, you know, without HSKL. So on most of them. I've found some that I've had more difficulty with than others. But um, they... Yeah, there's, there's some... Some you can't use. I mean, they're just too big, you know. Yeah, uh, I love... I, I swear by them. But... Yeah, I mean, they make, they make a huge difference. And, and I noticed that you, since you mentioned that, uh, you said about the... the, um, the military modeling and you have your diorama blitz in the 135th scale you do you know diorama kits and you have you know bases and everything else for them and they're you know based on world war ii or or the, the um um i guess it's golf war uh with the one raka yeah um but it's it, that that's a that's a different uh area that you're getting into um that you opened up a you have your own website for it as well and i should have wrote the dang website down for it because the reason i bring it up doug is because we have a lot of listeners uh on here and some a lot of people that contact us on our on our instagram and facebook that are liking the the model railroading uh, things that we're putting out and sharing with other you know the you you guests and other people's models um they they see the things that we're doing just the same as you saw what the yeah. what they're doing and I think they can lend to help each other because it's, it's incredible. We've had, yeah, we've had a lot of military modelers reach mm-hmm. out to us um, so, with what yeah. we're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You've got these two groups of modelers that don't even know each other exist, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're doing all the goals are the same, but uh, and know, it's not techniques that can cross, cross over. Right, it's not too much different other than s- scale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the concepts. Other than that, they just, you know, like we don't read the magazines they read. Right, right. And as a result, because I started using those products, I am now, at some point, maybe tomorrow, I may be ordering one of your Diorama Blitz kits. I saw them today for the first time on there. I was like, I want to try. I told Brett a couple (laughs) weeks ago, I said, I want to try my own military model i don't even you know i work in military military uh as a contractor and uh so i've never really had any desire for any of that <laughs> but um yeah. uh, now i've got this uh desire to uh to build one and i'm going to uh try it out you know for no other reason just to build say i did it and tried something on a larger scale yeah you know, I mean, it's, it's a little different in that what's nice about it, these particular kids anyway, you know, they're demolished buildings, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be a, you can be a little more loose with the with the building and the weathering because it's just, it's supposed to be messy. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, uh, just like, it's like for a model railroader who's precise and like sticks to things, this is like going to a spa. <laughs> <laughs> Wreck, wreck the hell out of it. We like to wreck the hell out of things. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can go overboard with uh, with it, but it's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, in the end, that's all it's supposed to be. You know, right. Oh like, yeah. You know, like I mean, that postcard. There's no rules. There really aren't. I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, oh, this, this switch tower wasn't there for this railroad and stuff, and that's fine. You know, do that. But right. That's for me. I, I just want to do what I want to do, and, and not. That's why we chose to not model a specific town or a specific railroad in general. We're just uh, 
We're just doing our own thing. So we can, it doesn't matter. There's no, there's nothing to compare it to. So that's the best way to, I think that's the best way to go about any model is don't compare it to anyone else's. Just, just do your own thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the mistakes I made early on. I look, you know, not that looking at other models is bad, but to learn modeling, I you really need to look at the real thing. Right. Because you're, if you're mimicking a model to a model, that's fine, but it's so much you'll get a better result if you like. Then you're modeling. Wash on the brick, you know. Right. <laughs> look at the real. Yeah. Now, um... One of the things I wanted to ask you is, is your your signs. Your signs on your buildings are some of the best signs I think I've I've seen on a lot of kits. You 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 put a lot of thought into that, or you just randomly pick yeah. signs? Um, well, you know, a lot of some are straight off of uh, a vintage sign that really existed because of you know why recreate you know uh, an old Coca Cola sign because they're, they're perfect as they are. Right. But uh, you know the, the, the signs of the business name or stuff, I try to copy or emulate, you know, a sign from the 50s or 40s, so it looks authentic, because a lot of times you'll see some signs out there that look like they came out of Microsoft Word, and it's, like, the building is fine, but then you've got this, like, printout from the computer stuck on the side of the building. Right. <laughs> you know, so it does it does take some, some research and, you know, choosing the right typefaces and stuff, because you don't want to use a modern typeface if you're doing an older building, because it just... You might not notice it, but you might notice that something's off, and you can't pinpoint what it is. Yeah. But it's probably the, the sign, you know. Yeah, you you've done an amazing job on them, and then the way you weather them is uh, we we picked up on the texting technique. We tried the technique. I'm having a hard time with my words here. We tried that technique. Probably the beer I had just a little bit ago, but it's a, we tried the techniques, and uh, it you know, and it really helps. I mean, to see what you've done, and you should. You have a video out there on YouTube. But you may not even be aware of that, but somebody probably stuck it up there. Uh, but it's <laughs> um, it, you did a it did a side of a wall uh, with an oyster side or something along that lines and and it was a great how-to video and i i've used it many times and um you know it's a uh, uh i refreshed myself on it today but your techniques and stuff are you know are great i mean it's a it's a you're you know you also give back by teaching and you're a good teacher and we've learned that by um you know you can there's lots of videos out there and how-tos but there's some people can they can show people how to do it and some people can't do it um show people um, so you're good at that, and that, that's that's huge for you. Uh, any any uh, insight on the state of the hobby? How you see it right now? Uh, you know, it's something I used to worry about a lot in the beginning. You know, uh, you know when I started in 2002, um, everyone I talked to, you know, they, oh, yeah, the hobby's dying. I don't know why you're doing this. The hobby's going to be gone in five years. The hobby's going to be gone in ten years. And I've actually seen absolutely 100 percent the opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. every month for the last five years, I've gotten new customers. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, we, we've all seen trained uh, hobby stores, retail stores go away, but, mm-hmm. you know, on the internet, there's a whole world out there. Oh, yeah. Gigantic it, it, for modelers. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it, it looks good, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the, the more realistic this stuff is getting, uh, you know, like, in terms of scenery products, like all the stuff Scenic Express has come out with in the last 10 years, you know, the silk floor graphs and the, all this different materials. Right. It's, it's made it so appealing because it's, it's made it easier to make a realistic model. If you just stick some dirt down and you put those silk floor tufts, mm-hmm. you know, they look like real grass. They look like real weeds. Sure. And 
you know, even though there's competition with people, uh, you know, the biggest thing is that young people play video games, right? And they mm -hmm. don't they don't have the attention span to build anything. Right. But our customers never were young people, you know, mm -hmm. for this kind of kit. Maybe for train sets, but for buildings, fine scale models and dioramas, it's always been, you know, people who are a bit older mm -hmm. um, have the time and the money to do it. Uh, and, you know, they they thought about it maybe when they were younger, didn't have time, you know, they were working, they had families. Yep, But Me. once they <laughs> reach a certain point, yeah. Um, fortunately, right, you're young, you, you know. Yeah. The, yeah, you might be an exception. I'm the exception. I was just thinking, like all those things you just listed off. I'm the uh, I'm the oddball, but yeah. but I'm also. So was I when I was 32 when I started? I also don't get as much done as my dad does. I don't pump out the quantity just because you know I have two young daughters and a, a wife at home, so I gotta I got a couple other things I'm on my plate at the same time. But, and you're a runner, uh, and I run all, like constantly, so <laughs> I uh, you know. But I do get done what I can, and I do have the luxury of having the layout in the basement so a lot of what i do is the layout work while my dad's doing the model work mm -hmm. yeah but yeah so so I, I i think the outlook's pretty good you know um yeah. you know manufacturers have come and gone but that's that's with any business i mean that's, that always happens um but things like the show things like your podcast i mean all this stuff adds up yeah. you know, i mean individuals have websites for their own layouts mm -hmm. you know? right um Things, things you would never have seen in the magazines because they can only feature so much, you know. Yeah, right. That's how we had a guest on early in the show who has a, a, a big, huge blog for his for his layout, and it's the amount of information on it is just unfathomable about his layout and whatever all the research Steve. he did. Steve, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, and that just twenty years ago was unheard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome stuff. Know, you know, Kathy Noet's videos. Oh, yeah. I'd like to get her on as a guest as well at some point. Uh, she's, oh, yeah, I've seen all her stuff. She's done tons and tons of videos on every technique you can think of. Yep. You know, so, you know, either you're in search of, you know, you don't know how to do it. She likes you did pavement and, you know, track and pavement. Yeah. You know, maybe you wanted to try it, but you had no idea where to start. Fifteen years ago, you'd be kind of stuck trying yeah. to figure it out yourself. But you just, you know, go to Google track and pavement and something will come up yeah great definitely so, now um future projects and directions for you and fos models what's what's on the plate um well this time of year uh i just finished sketching up what the big limited run kit will be that takes about three months the last three months i've been going over it in my head trying to figure it out and then i get to a point where i do a, a cardboard mock-up of the whole thing uh and chipboard you know just to see the size and shape of it uh, so that'll be that'll be released in July or August. Nice. Um, and a couple of more kits in between, smaller kits before that. Ah, oh, sweet. And Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need more for ourselves. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, I, I buy all, most of uh, the West kits because I just I love them, but I don't have time to build them. But <laughs> having having the box is fun to go through the parts and and, and you know. For the, for the day I finally get to build the whatever it is. <laughs> right. I totally get, get the collecting part of it. <laughs> yeah, I there's different aspects to the hobby for everybody, and, and whatever works oh, yeah. is great. But, um, yeah. Well, I'll be after, honest. After the big, sorry. Oh, no, you go ahead. Uh, after the big kit, um, you'll probably do another medium sized kit that'll be in time for the expo. So. Oh, that's very cool. Which, yeah. Yeah, so the next few months are going to be pretty busy. Yeah. 
that'd be cool. So, um, I have one last question, unless you wanted to talk about something else, but my, my main thing, um, do you enjoy, do you enjoy seeing people kind of go wild with your kits? Do you like seeing a variety? Do you like, I mean, I'm sure you like seeing anyone post anything about any of your kits, but is, uh, you know, do you, do you really enjoy seeing just people really just go wild with them or what's up, you know, what's your favorite thing? Yeah, no, I, I prefer if someone kit bashes it and I almost don't recognize it, you know, because um, I, I like, I, I'm always hungry for something new and I've already seen the kit myself. I've lived it, you know, designing it. <laughs> True. I'm kind of sick of it. I'm actually, <laughs> like a terrible father. I'm uh. waiting to do it. <laughs> sometimes someone will ask me to build one of the kits. Like, I already built it. I don't even want to build it. Yeah, but that's, but that's what it's like. So if, if someone kit bashes it, and even, even if they change the color or they... Um, yeah, some of the ones where you... Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, because that's, that's what I would do. I, I don't, you know, the two kits I've built with other people's, I would not build straight out of the box. Because, right? it's, it's, you know, my mind is, you know, how can I rework this? And that's the fun part again. Right. It's something new and different. Sure. About a year ago, a year and a couple months ago, you ran a contest on Instagram. It's a photo contest of build your kit, and and you had a, a prize for gifts to the beginner or whatever. I had a lot of fun with that. I did the Del Giorno fish, and I did it almost exactly like you had done it. And then I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I should have put that. He's gonna look at that thing. He, he did it just like I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Yeah. In the end, I am just happy someone just built it because, you know, uh, not, not everyone has the time. Again, there's this pile of boxes we all have, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get emails from guys saying, oh, I'm building, uh, you know, your big lose kit. I just got to it. Mm-hmm. No, that was the first kit. It came out 16 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but that's what happened. Had to shop back the dust off of it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but... You know, that's, that's how it goes. Well, do you um, have anything else you wanted to cover? Yeah. Um, Is there anything you wanted to tell anybody? Or um, Well, again, I mentioned the expo. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the expo coming up. And, yeah, we, I will be there. About. Yeah, all these things we talked about and all these techniques you can learn there. Again, seeing it, seeing it in front of your face, you know, it's going to demystify the whole thing. Right. You won't. Be, you know, it, it is intimidating, you mm-hmm. know, and we've all opened the box, you know, when we first started of a fine scale kit or South River kit or even a Campbell kit, and it's a box of pieces, it sticks, yep. sure. you know, how could this possibly be anything? But once right. you realize that it's, you know, a few steps in, you're going to start creating something new that didn't exist, it's fantastic, so. And a couple kits in, and you know. a couple kits in, and you feel like you, you're actually looking for the challenge after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want the next? You want what's the next hard one? Oh, it's right. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you on today, and uh, we're wrapping up here. But we'd like to have you on again at some point if you're agreeable to do, doing that, uh, where we can actually talk less about Doug and more about Doug's techniques and how you do things and that type of thing. Is what we're all about is. Uh, is sharing is sharing yep. yeah maybe in the future if you're if you're willing to do so uh, we'd like to have you again yeah. in the future soon yeah whatever whatever you like that's, that's great cool fantastic all right everybody i hope you enjoyed that interview with doug we apologize again for the cell phone interference in the future we will make sure there is zero cell phone interference in all of our interviews um that was just a we can't we can't fix it now that it's been recorded but 
We will have Doug on the show again, and we will make sure that all is smooth, all is good to go. We have another special guest coming up next week, um, Jason Jensen. I think he'll be on our show again um, next week. So look forward to that. Again, check out all of our, you know, the usuals, Facebook.com, Instagram, Pinterest. We're on Patreon.com, forward slash Customs. You know where to find us. So have a good week. Enjoy modeling. Have fun this weekend, guys.